0: Very, very powerful passage of Scripture, and uh, how many of you have appreciated this uh, road trip through Romans? I think it's been a very good, although I've missed a few of the exit signs and stops along the way, but I'm going to catch up now. And uh, I thank God that Pastor Darrell is sensitive to the Holy Spirit and takes us on journeys through Scripture. If you want to learn the Word of God, come to CLC. Amen. Romans chapter 6, reading from the New International Version. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. we can live in it any, Can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead... Through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves in sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves, just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness. so So now offer them in slavery to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Fred,
1: appreciate uh, Pastor Fred reading this powerful passage of Scripture, and I want you to keep your Bibles open, get your sermon notes out, and let's go into Romans chapter 6. We can't review any more. It would just take too long to go from chapter 1 to chapter 6. I heard a pastor on the radio this week talk about the book of Romans, and he said, if I had to go to a desert island with just one book, I would go with the book of Romans. One book from the Bible, we choose the book of Romans because it teaches us about our Christian life. It's all about what it means to be a believer and all the benefits that we have in that. And it teaches us how to live. So I encourage you, since we can't review, to go online and and listen from chapter 1 through chapter 5 and to get that inside of you in case you missed it. If you have your notes, you can just kind of look quickly as we go into chapter 6 and and jump into that new chapter. But what we'll do is we'll just back it up a couple verses into chapter 5 to get a running start into chapter 6. In chapter 5, verse 20, Paul lets us know as he is comparing Christ to Adam, how Adam brought sin in and how Christ has brought righteousness in. He says this, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. No matter how bad you have sinned or you are sinning, grace is always greater than your sin. Is that good news or what? No matter how bad you are as a sinner, which we can be pretty bad, grace is greater than your sin. That is good news. So he brings it to a close here in chapter 5, and we come into chapter 6, and he asks this question to start it out. If grace is so much greater than sin... Should we go on sinning that grace might increase? Because the more I sin, the greater the grace of God is. Why don't I just keep on sinning? And Paul says, absolutely not. A resounding no from Scripture. Whenever asked, should we just keep on sinning? He says, no. And we ask the question, why, Paul? He says, because you're dead to sin. You're dead to sin. You don't belong to sin anymore. Think about Christ. Does sin have any dominion in Christ? Does death have any dominion in Christ? No, he is the king. He is over everything. There is no sin that can touch him. There is no death that can touch him. He is the king. And now we are identified with him, with his dominion over sin, over death. And we no longer belong to this world or belong to sin. And Paul reminds us of our baptism in Jesus Christ. And the verse that we always read at baptism services is Romans 6, 4. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives. I share this every time we have a baptism service, that Jesus was baptized. We have a tank that's right down here we baptize people. But that is Christian baptism. Jesus came and he was baptized by John the Baptist. It was a different kind of baptism. It was a baptism of repentance, a baptism that the kingdom of God is at hand. And you need to repent. You need to get ready for the Messiah to come. It was for sinners to get their life right. And so Jesus comes as John is baptizing tens of thousands of people in his ministry. Jesus is one that comes down. And when John sees Jesus, he says, why are you here? I, I, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. This is the baptism of repentance. This is the baptism for sin. You are Sinless. There's nothing wrong with you. Why are you here? And Jesus says, it must be done to fulfill all righteousness. What is Jesus saying? He's saying that I have to identify with sinful human beings. It's correct that Jesus knew no sin and he was never going to sin, but he had to identify with you and me in order to be the sacrifice on the cross. And So Jesus said, I'm going to come and I'm going to have the baptism of repentance for sin, even though I don't need it because I'm going to go to the cross for their sin. And that's what makes Christian baptism so beautiful. Because when we're here with the tank on this side of the cross, and, and, we, and we put somebody down under the water, and baptism in the Greek means to immerse, we put them down in the water and they come up, and it says in Romans 6 where they come up in newness of life, that we come up belonging to Christ. We come up in that new life. We identify with him just as he identified with us as sinners. We now get to identify with him. Because he was dead, buried, and raised again. And now he has dominion over sin. He has dominion over death. And we no longer belong to this world. We now belong to Christ. And we come up with that new life inside of us. And that is the good news. I want you to look at uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 7. It says, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives we are no longer slaves of sin for for when we died with Christ we were set free from the power of sin we've been set free from the power of sin i want to give you some words here that are important in the christian life and these are words that maybe you've heard before one we've already talked about and the first word is one that we've dealt with but it's the word justification 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 is a fancy way of saying our sins are forgiven. We are justified by faith. What Jesus did on the cross, we have faith that he paid the penalty for our sins, and that's the first part of our Christian life. And there's actually three words that have to be active in our Christian life. And the second one we talked about when he talked about baptism, and that's the word regeneration. Regeneration. You'll want to write these down because all three words have to be active in our Christian life. We can't just have one of them. We have to have all three. And the word regeneration is a fancy way of saying being born again or having new life. I want to tell you today, it's very important for you to realize that you are not the same person you were before Christ came in your life. You are a new person. You are a new creature. You are now in Christ Jesus, and you belong to him. Continuing on in verse 8, it says, And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. We should walk in that dominion. We should walk in that power over sin, that power over death. It doesn't reign in us anymore. We belong to God. Look at verse 14. Highlight this in your Bible. This is the best news. It says this, Sin is no longer your master. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Sin has no power in your life anymore. You live in the power of grace. That is really, really, really good news. So, Why do you still struggle with sin? Why are so many people hearing this and saying, I know it's in the Bible, but it doesn't seem real in my life. Most of the people that come and see a pastor, for the majority, come because they have a sin in their life that they can't shake. They want prayer and and they want help. So why is it that I still sin? Why is it that I still struggle? Why is it I don't feel this freedom that is preached in God's word? And I want you to ask yourself some very difficult questions this morning. They come from Romans chapter 6 in the second part of the chapter. and, And I want you to deal with these questions in your life. Who do you identify with? Who is your master? Who do you serve? Who do you offer your life over to? Because it says in verse 14 that sin is no longer our master. That's a beautiful verse. Sin is no longer our master. But go to verse 12. The verse is just before that. And it says this. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you are dead, but now you have new life. So use your body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Paul is saying you don't belong to sin anymore. So don't give yourself to something you don't belong to. Don't go to a place that you don't belong to anymore. You used to belong to sin, but now you belong to Christ. So what's the problem? Why do we keep going back to our sin? And I want you to get this. If there's one thing Romans 6 teaches us, it's this. And this is a principle from the God's word that you've got to get a hold of. And I want you to write this down today. And that is this, is that obedience is a choice. Obedience is a choice. In the verse we're about to read, it's going to tell us that you choose what to obey. You choose what to obey. It is a choice. And here's the next part of the principle. You will be a slave to whatever you obey. You get to choose what to obey, and you will get that choice, and you will make that choice, but you will become a slave to what you obey. Look at verse 16. Don't you realize that you become a slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. You have that choice. Paul says it in the next book over in Galatians chapter 6. A very popular passage of scripture. He says, "This don't be misled. God cannot, or you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at at uh, at just the right time." We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. It says God cannot be mocked. You reap what you sow. You sow in sin, you reap in death. You sow in the Spirit, you reap righteousness. It's just that simple. So don't give up. Keep sowing in the Spirit so that you can get a good harvest. You've got to submit and obey Christ. You've got to submit and obey the Holy Spirit. You've got to submit and obey the Word of God. Because when you do that, when you are in obedience to God's Word, you go from being a slave of sin to being a slave of righteousness. And that is the final word. And this is not an option in the Christian life. This third word has to be done as well. And it's the word sanctification. And that's what is being talked about here, sanctification. You can't just have the first two and say, well, I don't really want to work on sanctification, which means holiness. It's the same word. It means set apart. Same word is holy. And it begins when we're saved, and it continues as we go through Christ and as we become righteous and, and work on that and, and all those things that happen in our life. And, and, and so you don't get to say, well, I'm justified and I'm a new person, but I'm not going to work on holiness in my life. Let me tell you what sanctification is not, because that word might scare you. It is not trying harder to be a good Christian. It's not getting out your WWJD bracelet and thinking every moment of the day, what would Jesus do? It's not about that. Because remember Romans 1 through 3, you're a sinner. That's your default setting. And so if you just try harder, you're going to end up sinning more, actually, Because you're a sinner. You're not going to behave better. A lot of people think, if I behave better, then I'll get more of God. That's backwards. You get more of God, and you see that your behavior changes. See, what we have to realize is sanctification. There's justification and regeneration. We realize those are gifts from God because there's nothing we can do to save ourselves from sin. But do you realize that this is a gift from God as well? That the closer I get to God, as I come into his presence, he makes me holy. Do you realize that you don't make yourself holy? What makes something holy? The only person that can make something holy is God. God came to Moses in the Old Testament and he said, I want you to build a tabernacle. And he told him the tent and all the instruments and everything that was made. Was it the cloth and the wood and the metal that was holy? No, it was that God said, do it this way. And God made that place holy and God brought his presence there. And that's what God does with people. You will not make yourself holy. God says, I choose you, and I make you holy. You are my child. You are my friend. I live in you. That's what Christ says. I'm going to live in you. The Holy Spirit is good. You're going to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to reside in you. I'm going to call you holy. So we've got to submit to Christ, submit to the Spirit, submit to their work in our life. Because you don't belong to sin. You don't belong to this world. You belong to God. Obey God. Submit to the Spirit. So the question today is really, and from Romans chapter 6, who are you going to obey? Who are you going to follow? Because the good news is, and we've read, is that the power of sin has been broken in your life. There is no more power of sin. So here is what the Bible says. This is what I say. As pastor, just listen to me this morning very clearly. Stop sinning. Just stop sinning. Stop it. You don't belong to sin. You don't belong to this world. You belong to God. Stop going to a place where you don't belong. It has no power over you. Go to God. It says in Romans six twelve. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Paul says just stop sinning. Don't go in that direction because when we sin, it subtly draws us away from the good news. It takes us into a direction that we don't want to go. We, we go to a place we don't belong and it brings destruction in our life. Don't offer yourself to something that will destroy you. Offer yourself to God. Say, God, I belong to you. Christ, I belong to you. Spirit, lead me. Let me tell you something. This is very important. If you are being Spirit-led, if you submit to the Holy Spirit, if you are in tune with the Holy Spirit, if you're submitting to the Holy Spirit, you can't sin. You can't sin and submit to the Spirit at the exact same time. It's impossible. You can't be submitted to the Spirit and sin at the same time. So submit to God. Get passionate about the Lord. This past Wednesday night, man, did we have a powerful, powerful time of prayer? Just appreciate everybody that came and we, and we talked about the, the saints of old throughout church history that have gone before us. So we're on fire for God, so passionate for the Lord. And I began our time together with uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. And, and it's a familiar verse, but I'll read it for you here. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. A great crowd of witnesses in Scripture that we see of men and women that had faith in God. Those men and women from church history that were just so in love with Jesus. They lived their life for Jesus. And we talked about a, a bunch of them on Wednesday night. And one was Francis of Assisi. And, and I don't know if you know much about him. But the guy on the video was kind of describing him. And, and a lot of people thought he was crazy when he lived. Because he would write these things. And, and he said, if you read what he's writing, he is crazy. He's just crazy in love with Jesus. He's just crazy in love with Jesus. Are you crazy in love with Jesus today? You know, the world thought he was strange. All these men and women of old, they they thought they were weird. They thought there was something odd about them. And the reason is, is because they were more passionate about God than they were about this world. And we need to get passionate about God. Because when we get passionate about God, we start to throw off those things that entangle us, that snare us, that keep us away from him. We begin to throw away that sin and get rid of that. Why? Because we have a race to run, as it says in this passage of Scripture. We've got a purpose. We've got a destiny. We're supposed to be running. We've got to throw off those things that are holding us back and fixing our eyes on Jesus. The author, and that talks about the beginning of our faith with the cross and all the way through sanctification, the finisher of our faith. Fix our eyes on the author and the finisher, the perfecter. Follow Christ. Obey his word because you belong to God. Stop getting so passionate about this world and the things of this world and get passionate about Jesus. Get passionate about the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you. And let me tell you this, because you will fall down because we are sinful, because we're going to have those moments and we are going to sin. But listen, when you sin, just repent and get up and say, I don't belong to that. I belong to God. I am his child. And if there, we're going to talk about condemnation. It's going to come in a couple chapters. But there are, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Stand up, repent, get back right with God. Get passionate about him again because he loves you. He loves you so much. We've, we've learned about that in those first chapters of faith and And I want to tell you that these are gifts that God gives us. Hold on to those gifts. Again, when you fall down, get back up. Because you don't want to stay down. Because Paul kind of concludes the chapter by saying this. That if you're a slave to righteousness, that's going to produce holiness in your life. That's going to produce sanctification. That if I'm a slave to to Jesus, that's going to produce something good in my life. But if I serve sin... If I say sin and I stay in sin, it's going to produce death in my life. It's going to produce death. And so what we want to do is we want to serve God that produces that life, not only now, that fruit of holiness, the fruit of the Spirit, but that eternal life in the end. It brings us to our next sign on the road, and we're going to put it on the screen behind me, because this is how the chapter ends. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. If you just go through this life sinning, taking care of it all on your own, the paycheck at the end of this life is death. But there are gifts from God that He wants to give you. There are things that He wants to do in your life. And so I'm going to call you today. To obey Christ, to obey the Spirit's work in your life, to become a slave of God, because you're going to be a slave to whatever you obey. So why not obey the author and perfecter of our faith? Why not obey the Holy Spirit that produces the good fruit in our life? I want to share a verse with you as we conclude today. It will be on the screen. But I'd love you to highlight this in your Bible. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It's Paul writing in, in his very first letter that he writes that we have. And he says this to the congregation, and I say it and pronounce it to you today in context of what we've talked about. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit And soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. Isn't that great? God wants to produce holiness in your life, in your heart, in your mind, in your body, and he will keep you blameless because he who called you is faithful. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? We've heard the truth of God's word, that we are free from the power of sin. It is no longer your master. And yet we still struggle with sin so often in our life. As I was praying about this service, I I just, um, I don't know how to say it other than this. I'm just going to stop talking and let you have some time with the Holy Spirit. Ask John that we don't even sing a song, but that we just have a quiet moment in the presence of God today where you can yield to the Spirit and allow the Spirit to work in your life. I want us to have this time so that you can surrender, submit, and be in tune with the Spirit and allow Him to produce that holiness. If you've been trying to be good and and do everything just right, just repent of that because you're not going to be able to do this on your own. Sanctification is a gift and we need to get closer to the Lord so that it might be a work in our life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be passionate about this world. I want to be passionate about God and let the world call me crazy because I don't belong to this world. You belong to God. So spend some time with Him, talking to Him, and allowing Him to talk to you as you submit to the Spirit today. By a moment, we yield to you. God, I thank you for the wonderful good news of Romans 6. That we have been set free from the power of sin. That we reign with Christ, with dominion over sin. God, I thank you that your word proclaims that. And now I pray that that would be a reality in each of our lives. That we would be free from the power of sin. God, I thank you that today you still save, you still deliver. You still perfect, God. And so, Lord, we yield to you. We yield to your way. God, we need you this morning because we are not able to do this on our own. Lord, we receive your gift this morning, your gift of sanctification. God, we realize that we are holy because you call us holy. But God, we also realize from your word today that we have a choice, a choice of who we'll obey, who we will serve. In this quiet moment today, God, we choose you. God, we choose you. We submit to you. God, I thank you that your grace covers all our sins. And Lord, if there's anyone wrestling with that today, may they know that their sins are forgiven. May they know that what you did on the cross is far greater than any sin we could ever commit. And Lord, if there is anyone here that has not yielded their life to you, that have not asked for the forgiveness of their sins, may they do that even now. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to forgive your sins, just ask him today. He will forgive your sins. He will change your life and give you a new life in him. Ask for forgiveness today. God, I thank you that you're at work in our life. That you who call us is faithful. That you're never going to leave, you're never going to forsake, you're never going to get tired of us, God. But Lord, every time we repent, you're going to forgive us. Every time we stumble, you're going to pick us back up. And God, I pray that we would no longer return to a place where we do not belong, but we would return to you where we belong with you, you call us your children. You call us your friend. May that be the reality of our life. Lord, I pray that this word would find good ground in our heart, that would live with us this week, and that we may submit to your spirit so that sin and its consequences wouldn't reign in our life anymore, but that we would walk as your children, forgiven, holy, becoming more like you. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. I thank you for our time together today. Continue your good work, Lord, as we go to be the church, the body of Christ to this world. We love you, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to encourage you that if you ask God to forgive your sins today or or you want a new relationship with Jesus Christ, there are packets down front here at the altar and also in the lobby. You can just take one. It's a Bible. and tells you a little bit more about the Christian life and, and what it means to follow God. And you can keep coming back every weekend. We'll keep talking about Jesus so you can learn more about him. But there's packets if you've given your heart to Jesus today. And if you need special prayer, I'll be down front to pray with you. But would you stand as we dismiss this morning? And if you want to spend a little more time with God, The altars are always open. You can spend the time with the Lord here. Um, But uh, as you do go today, uh, please don't forget to sign up for the picnics. And uh, it's important. It's kind of a command from Scripture that uh, we would gather together in homes, that we would eat together, that we would be friends together. And uh, so I encourage you to find the one that's closest to you or find a friend and go to a community group picnic. Um, because those are your brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not just the church when we meet in this sanctuary. We're the church even when we're eating in someone's backyard. And um, God is with us in those places as well. So I encourage you to find that place and uh, go there tonight. Would you receive the blessing of the Lord this morning? May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you his favor and show you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing that rests upon us. God, I thank you that you will keep us blameless in body, soul, and spirit until we see you. For he who calls us is faithful. God, keep us safe. Keep us strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you go, make sure you fellowship with one another. Sign up in the lobby. If you want to spend a little more time with God, you can do that, and I'll be down in front to pray with you. But God bless you this morning.